Milton S. J. Wright was born in 1903 and died in 1972. He was an African-American academic born in Georgia. He received his bachelor's degree from Wilberforce University in 1926, his M.A. from Columbia University, and his Ph.D. in economics from Germany's University of Heidelberg in 1932. He was granted an audience by Adolf Hitler in Heidelberg in 1932. Hitler pointed out that blacks have no voting rights and criticized them for being docile about their oppression, saying Negroes must be definitely third-class people to allow whites to lynch them beat them segregate them without raising up against them the Pittsburgh Courier ran a front-page article on the conversation shortly after the U.S. entered the Second World War. Wright noted that throughout his conversation with Hitler, though calm, asked questions and immediately gave his own answers. For example, he asked, Don't you think your people are destined perpetually to be slaves of one kind or another? And replied, Yes, your people are a hopeless lot. I don't hate them. I pity the poor devils. The conversation was dramatically reenacted in 1944 on the anti-racist show New World A-Coming. Wright became a professor and head of the Department of Economics and Political Science at Wilberforce in 1933. And in 1959, he was the dean of the college. Tiny resume, I would say. 
no, I appreciate life, life's a journey, and I've always been about supporting others. And the joke on me is that I'm like the Scotty Pippen of the music industry in the community, where it's not about the revenue and recognition. Um, I'm kind of more in the credits, and they say I'm the engine to the good-looking car. So I'm just always trying to help others. And I like that. I, I appreciate you know, it. I, I, I would like to go a little different route this time. I, I'm going to ask you, what made you first get into music? Man, grew up in Oakland, man, and I had a, believe it or not, music and sports was my household. So my mother, growing up in like the super inner city of East Oakland, my mother sat at the piano every day and I just heard her play and listening to people like Earth, Wind & Fire. Because um, I grew up 80s era, first wave of hip hop, but it, I was just touched by it. I started at 11 years old and... um it just, it just, it just touched me. God touched me. It had nothing to do with me. Um, I knew what my calling was, and I developed my own skill set at about 14, starting with DJing. And back then, there was no internet, no views, no nothing. You had to really figure it out. And the love for music has always been from the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. Now we're we're just gonna dwell into to sister community in a moment, right. but we're gonna we're gonna dwell into Terry right now. Right. What inspires you? Moving people. I've always serviced people. Before I was a leader, I've always serviced people. When I was a DJ, I was starting with house parties. I was doing I was doing proms when I was like 12 years old. I was always servicing people. I love to see the look on somebody's face when I am serving them, serving them through music, serving them through sports, and serving through community, but specifically music. I just love helping others and seeing your work come to life. When, when you were doing that and, and doing the DJing and everything, did you ever see yourself at a point of where you are right now? Yeah, I, I did. I think everything evolves. When, when you start in your city, it's very narrow in terms of your opportunities. So I started hip-hop, and when Raphael Sadiq gave me a call, it evolves because it turns hip-hop into global, because global is pop, global is R&B. I see, I see myself evolving. Um, in order to evolve, you have to get opportunity and be prepared for, for it when it happens. Yeah. That's awesome. When you work with all these celebrities, does that put extra pressure on you, or do you just keep going like it's an everyday thing and you just strive for what? It's the opposite. So to them, I'm a celebrity because I'm community. So I humble them when they're in the room because I'm not dwelling on revenue and recognition. I let my talent speak for itself. And believe it or not, no matter what level they're on, I treat them as peers, regardless of what status you're on. You have to understand that most of the things I've been involved in has been a development phase. So, like, my joke is with Beyonce, I raise them, you praise them, right? You get Beyonce right. at 14 years old, I'm the big brother. So it's, 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 not, it's not the pressure that you see. We're trained to listen and look, and you see her as a superstar, but I see her as developing her 14 years old, giving her the tools in life, the hard work behind the scenes. So I'm actually a mentor to most of the people or a peer that I work with, believe it or not. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome, and that's, that's such a good, good position to have and such a respected and prestigious point to be able to be that type of a mentor to people. Right. When you are creating for your artists, you know, do you take the artist and see what their potential is, or do you have something in mind for them that you think will 
will make them flow into a different direction? Little, a little bit. It depends on who you're working with. I'll give you an example. With Tony Tony, they were already two albums deep. They already had a menu, and I just came in and, and finished finish and put a part of my recipe in them. They were a lot more established as a group. When we get somebody like Destiny's Child at 14 years old singing at a fair in Houston and, and move them to Oakland, we're more in control of their um, administrative, um, their report cards, homeschooling. It's a development process. Process. Then I swing it over to, say, a new addition. If I'm on tour with them, I become a road manager because I'm a trust and bridge. So I would I would say that I'm really just a trust and bridge. It, it, it varies on who you're working with. I've always been a firm believer of that anybody can ride the train, but I love help building the tracks. I love help. Um, Keisha Cole with somebody else that I helped develop, um, and she became what she became. But I'm telling you, it's nothing like developing something because you can never change history and legacy. I'm all about legacy. I like that. I like that. We are going to go to a brief break. Will you come back with me and we can go more into your projects and you? For Chad with Bree, I'm Lifetime. <laughs> Listeners, we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Man, we got to do one, really. What you got, Levi? Got to go there, man. Whatever you like, like. is what I want. Show me. 
Texas and Kansas City too. Jackson, Mississippi, hey, just to name a few. Louisiana, Tennessee, and down in Arkansas, North and South Carolina, there's girls for all of y'all. Man, these southern girls are everywhere. Mm. I was up in New York City, I saw them. Matter of fact, I was up in France, in the Army. Like that. Man, these southern girls are. Just chat with Bree. Today we have Carrie, Mr. Community Butler with us. We're going to get into the Mr. Community part. We're getting to know a little bit about Terry. What would you like the listeners to know about you as Terry? Just know that I am trying to balance the world right now. And, and um, God put his hands on me a long time ago. And when you when you swim upstream through music, sports, and community, I am trying to put a, a underscore and highlight on the people, the real community heroes. And what I mean by that is the parents, the teachers, and the coaches that serve our children and serve our community every day. That is my purpose. So whoever is listening, I'm yours, I'm lifetime, and I'm trying to do something that's never been done besides to me when they made a song called We Are the World where you had a specific character you can rally around, but then you also had project participation from elders. I'm trying to go back to basics of traditional. I think that with, with all of this social media, what's going on, I'm not against it, but I think I, I think core values and integrity is non-negotiable, and I think we need to go backwards a little bit and take a moment and get back to respect for others and respect for your elders. Because right now, a lot of parents got more Instagram followers than their children. Um, children are growing up too early. Everybody knows it all. We have to get back to the foundation of what made um, this country successful, which is respect for others and, and respecting your elders. That's my calling. I like that. I really like that. It's very important, especially in today's time. Before we go into the project itself, how has COVID affected the things that you're trying to do? I would say across the board, not even just a me, but a we, whether it's Lenny Williams, whether it's Bip, whether it's anybody, music and sports and community is at a challenge right now because the school systems aren't really open. When you go to a professional sports stadium, I, I can't do family engagement. When it comes to music, you can do that through the Internet, but it's still a challenge. It's affected the world, and, and we're, not, we're not immune from that. What are some of your workarounds that you've done with the COVID situation out there and the children not being in school on a permanent basis or kind of in school, out school, and not being able to have mass crowds? Yeah, so I believe in strategy and I believe in pivoting ahead of the game. So what I've been able to do is, and not in isolation, but example, with baseball activities, they're not able to do certain activities at school. So my goal is, is how do you increase 
uh, public morale, through building excitement. How do you increase public safety through bringing awareness to what's going on? So we've been doing like baseball camps off-site, you know, neutral places. And like me and Bip Roberts, we've done several baseball camps. I've been providing content for other entities at the county level, video, because that's the only thing that you can engage people with right now. So it's still been successful in the youth sports community, but the schools, to me, are the only ones that still struggling because in-person learning, those are the really things that's the biggest um, struggle right now. It is. Okay, so you're having the camps and off-site projects with the children. How does that affect what you're doing as far as having to do the spacing and having the children, you know, spaced out the mask and, and still bringing in your people and and just so the listeners know Lenny Williams works with you and Bip Roberts works with you how how difficult is that trying to organize and and keep it where it's still having the same purpose the same meaning and still getting a lot of participation interesting enough has been even better because the kids and the parents appreciated and needed we use the um, protocols of the county so whatever county we're in we send ahead of time expectations protocols and whatever organization that we're partnering with are responsible to get the message to them before we get there once we get there we split the kids up in pods because we try and make sure that the same kid don't um, like for example but we're working 20 in one pod, 20 in the other pod, so only those 20 will um, throw the ball with each other, talk with each other. Then we bring them in at the end as a group with spacing, uh, with parents, and it's outside. So it's been pretty safe so far. You know, it's been pretty good. But that's been our model. I would like for you to tell the listeners what the goals of Mr. Community are. My goal as Mr. Community is to globally scale what we've done. Right right now, I've engaged probably a million people through music and video. But the goal is just for Mr. Community to be a, a, a positive alternative for parents. Um, my goal is to, um, as you know, we sell a lot of negativity to our households through the children. I'm kind of real school where I want to sell and become a trust and bridge from the parent who then introduces Mr. Community to their child. Like I grew up with Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? It wasn't punishment when my parents was playing it, but they infringed on my life by playing me older music. So I want to be that older feel, that Frankie Beverly feel to children so now parents and children can come to uh, Mr. Community show. And right now I have fans from 9 years old to 90 years old. That was the goal, just to be that trust and bridge. You have a lot of celebrities that work with this program. Some of them are older, and the the premise is you have the young people there and you have their parents participating, so the parents know who some of the people are, and are they more eager to bring the children in maybe so they also get a chance to get an experience out of this? Come on now. So that was my strategy. My strategy <laughs> was was Mr. Community becomes the modern-day Mr. Rogers. So now I'm promoting the legend statistics, reintroducing them to a new generation that their uh, mother and father either or brags about. So now when the parent comes, they get a chance to connect with the legends, their childhood heroes, and now it becomes a generational party. Because <laughs> Mr. Community takes care of the kids, but the parents support my messaging because it's age-appropriate. But if it makes sense, now a lot of the elders, the legends, are in it increases parent engagement. It becomes a generational party. That's completely the strategy. And that is that is a unique and a beautiful thing because Thank if you. you can get the parents interested in getting the 
children to participate, I, I would say as a parent, I'd be like, come on, we got to go to this. Um, right. We're going to be there. We got to go to this, you know, come on. And the kids are saying, well, what? But when they get there, um, I've seen the videos and it is a, an exciting participation because you're engaging the children and the parents. It doesn't seem as if one is there for one and one is there for the other. There you family. And so that is a very unique strategy, and it appears to really be working. So kudos to you. Well, and it's inclusive because I promote essential workers. So you have to imagine when I go to a school and a parent is there, maybe fussing at a teacher and they see a Lenny Williams. Okay, now it's in. Now when the kids see Mr. Community and I have them, I'm rallying around them and now I'm promoting core value messaging. I am proving to America that we have misread what a superstar means. We are, we have been brainwashed to think that if you hear somebody on the radio a thousand times or you see them a thousand times and corporate pushes them that that's a superstar. I have a different approach. I'm saying a superstar is your parent, your teacher, and your coach, and Mr. Community comes, and he just looks like the normal person at Park and Rec, and he has the same resume as what they consider a superstar. And I think if we can change the thought process through the body of our parents on who we appreciate, these children can have a lot more mentors in their life because they will pay more attention, again, to the engine which feeds the good-looking car. And I just want to say this, only 1% makes it in music and sports, right? So let's say I'm a part of that 1%, but the 99% of the people is who I take care of, right? You get me now, right? And right. we are not promoting teachers. And it was interesting. I was at one of my events, and, and I'm different. The parents tell me what I should do. I am complete observer. I will never forget this moment. We're at one of our baseball programs. We're talking about 500 kids. A coach walks over with his player who puts 30 hours in. A player came, that was a professional player, came to the field, and the kid stopped and left the coach and went over to get an autograph from the professional player. And then the coach, not out of spite, but out of a joke, said, hey, you don't want my autograph? And this seven-year-old told his coach, I don't want your autograph because you're not a superstar. That coach turned to me and said, Mr. Community, you need to do something. And then that professional player turned to me and said, Yes, you do. Those are the type of journeys that I take. And it was heartfelt to see that this coach puts 30 hours in to this child, and that child was willing to leave his community hero to follow what that child is brainwashed on TV. Isn't that something? Wow. That's when I knew I had to do something. It is. Let's go to a quick break, and we're going to come right back and pick up where we left off. Appreciate it. Listeners, we'll be right back. Miss you a lot. It's been long enough. Can we talk? I don't want to give up on love we hide. I know it's still inside. How you been? I miss hearing your voice. Do you miss me still? And did you have a choice? Been on pause the whole time. Resume, don't press rewind. Yeah. I hid my heart away, hoping you would find it one day. Prefer to keep the hold rather than just let it go. I hid my love away, hoping you would find it some way. It may be hard to tell because I hide my pain. Do you want to move on? 
wherever you are, they replace legends with the youngsters, the people who's playing now, which they don't have the time to be in a community at the capacity. So it was a perfect fit for them. So it wasn't a bad, it's not a bad buy-in at all. They actually appreciate Mr. Community, believe it or not. I mean, Lenny Williams loves it. I mean, he's signing autographs with six-year-olds that now is being reintroduced. So like I'm literally like a, a walking marketing guy for them. So it's a neutral benefit. Right. We have a yeah. real locker room. We have real trust between each other. We're very close. That, that's awesome. And and it also, it gives meaning and purpose for a lot of right. people that may not have an opportunity to do anything but be retired. So that also is working for more than just the children. It's also working for some of the elders. When you're introducing these people to the children, do you give them a history of the person? How do you get the children interacted with these people so that they have that same respect for them? Yes, so my model has been with the legends, I introduce to the children through audio interviews, as if you're doing with me. I have literally interviews with Bill Russell, um, Lenny Williams. So if it's at baseball, we play, imagine this, we're playing Joe Morgan at a a stadium. We're playing Joe Morgan so the kids are able to hear them through video. They're able to hear them through music. They also do special guest appearances on video with me. And then in concert, my album, like the players with Mr. Community, believe it or not, I have Lenny Williams singing on my songs called Love Your Parents, in which you play sometimes, right? And now they become part of the We Are The World movement. If you remember We Are The World, you had Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, Spearhead, and with Lionel Richie, but they had the participation of the community through unification. So that is the model, is that the legends participate on Mr. Community's project from audio to video. Then when we go live in concert, they have, like, for example, Bip would still have his age jersey on, they know his numbers. They know he's a professional player, but I give them a, a different platform through digging a little deeper with their statistics, um, putting them on the same platform as if they were playing today, as well as Lenny Williams. Yep. It's, it's really cool. I think it's just simply awesome, and I, I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. What are some of your long-range goals with this program? Do you want to expand it? I know it, it's in the state of California, but do you want to expand it? to other places or do you want to just keep it local? I tell people, if you're ever going to do something, the biggest joy that I had was starting over as Mr. Community after 30 years from the music industry, right? And then take those music talents and shape Mr. Community. So imagine producing myself, giving myself a marketing plan, a five-year plan. I'm on year five. My goal was always to scale it. But before you can scale anything, you have to start at the bottom in which I did, school by school, person by person. Then you scale it regional, which I've done. Now I'm going to look for that same record deal and walk in the same offices that I've produced many, many artists for and tell them, now is the time during COVID, now is the time during low morale to put out a Mr. Community, a targeted message we can rally around. Then it becomes a franchise. Then I'm teaching instead of Mr. Community, I'm building the next kid calling them Young Neighborhood. It's always going to scale. So God's time, though. So that, that that's the goal. That's awesome. It's an awesome goal, and it's a realistic goal, and that is what is important, the fact that it's something realistic that you can do, that you're doing, that even with COVID out there, you're able to still progress forward with it and still help the kids because, face it, being locked up in school, out of school, homeschool, it gets stressful. So this is a good release for mental health, for emotional, for children, and for the parents. It actually gives them something to look forward to. So again, kudos to you for doing that. 
No, I appreciate it. And, and right now it's tough because you have to imagine this. I've always been Mr. Community. So I encourage people because I mentor a lot of people. You just take the platform. So I take the same platform of how we develop Beyonce with Destiny's Child, work with other people. And I just put Mr. Community through the same machine. Now, the difference is if you're not selling violent sex, money, and drugs, it is very tougher for somebody like myself that's actually showing up with core values because, again, we're not trained to celebrate the blue-collar worker. We're trained to celebrate revenue and recognition. So the only challenge is is getting our own people of all cultures to probably lay off the negativity and promote something positive up front. Once you do that, then I become the platform for the next teacher, the next coach. I have to be the example first and serve before I lead. That is the biggest challenge is how do you compete with negativity, violence, sex, money, and drugs. That's all they're selling right now. That is so true. To we're be continued. To, yep, we're going to go to a brief break and we're going to come back and wrap up for today with Mr. Community. Let's groove. 
What's your name, young lady? My name's Malia. Tell us why it's important to love your parents. I learned that loving my parents is important because they know what's best for me. Tell your parents we love you. Love your parents. We wrote this song for you, not because you want us to. Thank you for all you do. Tell your parents we love you. We wrote this song for you, not because you want us to. When a parent's true, there is nothing they won't do. Pick them up straight after school. Now it's time for practice soon. You'll cover your hands with glue just so they will stick with you. Buy your kid a new team shoe so they can fit in cool. Paying for that travel ball just so they can see it all. You've made that sacrifice while you teach this game of life. Thank you. For the things you do, tell your parents we love you. We wrote this song for you. We wrote it for you. Not because you want us Not to. Not because you want us to. Thank you for all you Thank you. Tell your parents Thank you. we love you. Hey. You take them to the take game. Take us to the game. Those you cheer the You're same. still the same. Thank you for all Thank you. Tell your parents we love you. Tell your parents we love you. Hey. You know that it will be good. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Just Chat with Bree. And today we have Terry, Mr. Community Butler, with us from Youth Sports Nation. He's doing a wonderful service for the community. He's bonding parents and children, celebrities galore. I would first like for you to give your contact information. And also, um, this is an opportunity for you to let uh, the listeners know how they can contact you, what the requirements are, and what happens when they do contact you. Well, requirements, I tell people the only thing you have to have is a good spirit and a pulse, um, and, I, and I work with you. I'm lifetime. My contact information, the best, I would say my email is info, that's info at youthsportsnation.org. And if you would like to see some of the content that I'm referring to, my Instagram is terryt underscore Mr. Community. And then the website at youthsportsnation, I think it's youthsportsnation.com. Dot org has some videos in there as well. That would be the simplest way to get a hold of the program. And whoever's listening, wherever you are, life is not a spectator sport. This is something we have to get proactive in supporting and showing these children how important going back to traditional values are. It speaks for itself. They definitely do. So what would I have to do if I had a child and I was saying, uh, I want to, that sounds like something that's good. Um, I'm going to contact the number, and what, what would you tell me to do? How would you tell me to get involved with you? Um, would you tell me what your lineup was or what you have to offer? Uh, how, how would that go? So right now, during this pandemic, honestly, what I do is, is people contact me, and I just build a database because the pandemic has stopped so many things. So the things that we used to do, we can't do. So what we're trying to do right now is regroup, build a database. Parent contacts me, email, email, build a database. I have parents sometimes contacting me saying, hey, I'm having trouble with my child. What should I do? Can you please uh, talk to my child, uh, X, Y, and Z? 
Um, so right now, that's the capacity as we speak right now until this thing called pandemic can figure this out. And creating all of this, what is some mm-hmm. of the worst advice that has been given to you? Worst advice? Um, uh-huh. Executives, I'm talking about high-up executives told me, unless I'm selling violence, sex, money, and drugs, it's going to be tough for Mr. Community to be big because the system is not designed for anything positive to impact the community or generate revenue. Wow. And these, these are major executives, like my friends, and they love me, but it has nothing to do with truth. The truth is corporate America sells through the same culture that they benefit from. So corporate America sells commercials with violence, sex, money, and drugs on it. People release things with violence, sex, money, and drugs, and, and, and without a way of holding parents accountable, parents need to look themselves in the mirror and start having more responsibility of what they're allowing their children to be subjective to. And I think right now it's a huge oversight. Wow. Mm-hmm. This project that you have, I like it because it forces the parents to become active with the children. It's not like you just send someone and they're babysitting. It, mm-hmm. You get an opportunity to have the parents be responsible for their children and and let them come and participate because they have to bring them and, you know, they have to uh, actively participate. Do you get the child that wants to come and the parent doesn't want to bring them? Oh, yeah. My whole life was that. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of times was my biggest niche was single-parent households that didn't have their father at home. I have I have women telling me they cook to love your parents. I mean, you, if you can call it, I'm there. I have a lot of my formerly incarcerated friends that send their children to me. I have a huge menu of people I serve, white, black, brown, all around. I remember a grandpa from Iowa said he was about 86 years old. I remember this, and I'm mimicking him. He said, Mr. Community, I really don't li- listen to that hippity-hoppity-doppity stuff, but I trust that uh, trust that stuff you're doing because I had a fuss with my grandchild, and I played that song, Love Your Parents, and we've been good ever since. I'll ah. never forget him. <laughs> <laughs> then, I go, then I go to the inner city, and even Too Short called me coach. Right, wrong, or indifferent, he's highly regarded. He calls me coach. I have set this image up, and this is what I will tell parents. I have set my image up since I was 11 years old, and I'm, a, and I'm the same person at 51 I was when I was 11. This world is all over the place. Bill Russell said it best. You have to find something that you do best and stick to it. Right now, the world is scattered, and it's reflecting on our children. That's why they don't work a job more than three years. Um, parents are waking up in Instagram followers, and now you want to become something you never was. It is very key that I use this platform to tell parents, before you dismiss who you was and you hide your children or who you was and you put your children through the best schools that we never had, don't ever forget the importance of discipline and respect. If not, you are raising a privileged child that will never have what, you, what we were required to do, which is respect for others and being thoughtful of others. That's, that's why these kids be on those devices and they're not acknowledging people because our parents are not cooking at home anymore. Our parents are not taking kids to the park anymore. They're growing up inside, going to school on their device, and they have no unification in between. Please take a closer look. Exactly what I was going to say. They're in front of a television with a controller in their hand, and this is giving them something physical to do outside the house. I don't even think children know how to go outside and play anymore. Come on now. now believe it or not, 
I'll be, I'll be honest with you. My biggest fans is parents because I'm doing something that they're not, that they're, that, that they need is it could make sense. I'm community, but I'm tough love. Like I'm, I'm at a concert and I'll stop the concert and tell the kid, tell the kid, give me 10 pushups for talking during my concert. I am real school. I am real school. And those parents really appreciate that because we live in a cookie-cutter world where people say what people want to hear. They don't tell people the truth. And I have lived off of my integrity, my reputation, and my honesty. Do you think I can produce all of these artists as Beyonce without being honest, somebody that you trust? But how do you transition that into a career? How do we make a kid look at Mr. Community? How do we make a kid look at a teacher and say, hey, you're cool too? It starts with marketing and video. That is the key to everything. The minute that corporate America decides to promote Mr. Community or a teacher instead of going to grab a star because they have Instagram followers, they don't realize you're actually promoting a trail right back to the child. Wow. It's so deep but durable. Wow. Yes. As, as we close up, um, one, I would like for you to give the contact information again, and also I, I just want to commend you and tell you to keep doing what you're doing. We're going to have Terry, Mr. Community Butler, back again. We're going to have him update us and keep us in the loop of what's going on um, with this program. I thank you for coming and hanging out with me today. It's been a long time, and we're going to have to definitely cut those connect times down so that we are in touch more often and, and we talk more often. So as we're closing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the floor to you. Well, I just want to take this time to thank you for the opportunity because offline we've chatted a lot. And um, just chat brief, if you listeners out there, it's very tough to find somebody that's authentic, somebody that's organic. Good luck with what you're doing. We're a lifetime supporter on behalf of Lenny Williams. He says, hello, Deb Roberts. He says, hello, we all were supporting you. We are lifetime. And I know to some of these parents who's working every day, who's just all over the place, take some of that Starbucks time that you're doing and go help a kid. Take some of that time when you're at the club and go help a kid. Take some of that time when you're saying what you want to do. Actually implement what you say you want to do and become who you say you really are. And that can reflect on your children. Until then, Mr. Community is here to serve the world. And I know my place. But it's very important that these children know their place to respect their elders. And it's very important that these elders understand your role, which is stop trying to be young. Our job is teaching them. You have to understand that. That's where it starts, and that's where these kids have gotten disrespectful. They didn't do it on their own. It's on our watch. It's called social responsibility. I appreciate the opportunity uh, just to give you the contact information again. You can go to the website at youthsportsnation.org. You can email me at info, that's info, at youthsportsnation.org. My Instagram is T underscore Mr. Community. It's very easy because I only have about 50 posts, and it's all content. You won't see me every, every day posting food, right? So that is my platform. I love everybody. I look forward to meeting you in person. Until then, I will be connecting with you the best way that I can is trying to get on this TV and influence your child and you. I appreciate it. I thank you for taking the time to come and hang out with us, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Listeners, that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank Thank you. Just chat with Bree. <laughs>
One time things got so bad until I had to go to one of my friends and talk to him. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm having problems with the woman that I love. It seems that I call her on the phone and I, I just can't get her to answer. And then I went to her house and I saw a car parked in the driveway. I knocked on the door, but still my knocks went unanswered. And then I went home and I, I watched television until television went off. And then I played my records until I just didn't want to hear them anymore. And finally I went to bed, but I found myself waking up a few hours later. And the tears were running down my face. And my friend told me, he said, Lenny, 
you just ought to forget about her. But I told my friend, I said, you know, maybe you've never been in love like I've been in love. And maybe you've never felt the things that I've felt. But this is what I told my friend, I said, you know, sometimes you get lonely. You get lonely. You get lonely. I won't ever leave you, baby. I won't ever grieve you, baby. 